Chapter Sixteen of the Fortunate Foundlings by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Sixteen: The Innkeeper's Scruples Oblige Louisa to Write to Melanthe. Her Behaviour on the Discovery of the Count's Falsehood. Louisa Changes Her Resolution and Goes to Bologna. Monsieur de Plessis, having found it impossible to dissuade Louisa from going to England now bent his whole thoughts to perform his promise of conducting her to leghorn in the most commodious manner he could accordingly he rose very early and calling for the man of the house desired he would provide a handsome post-chaise and if he knew any fellows whose integrity might be relied on he thought necessary to hire two such who furnished with firearms might serve as a guard against any attack the count might take it into his head to make but the innkeeper had now entertained notions that forbid him to correspond with the designs of monsieur some of his neighbours who had heard of last night's accident whispered it in his ears that it would not be safe for him to let these young people depart together that he could not be assured the person who pretended to be the husband might not be so in reality and if he should come again with proper officers and proofs to claim his wife it might be of dangerous consequence to him to have favoured her escape and that the only way he had to secure himself from being brought into trouble was to lay the whole affair before the podestat this advice seemed to him too reasonable not to be complied with he went directly to that magistrate and while the lover was speaking to him officers came to seize both him and louisa and carry them before the podestat Monsieur de Plessis was very much surprised and vexed at this interruption, and the more so as he feared it would terrify Louisa to a greater degree than the nature of the thing required. But in this he did injury to her courage. When she was called up and informed of the business, she surrendered herself with all the dauntlessness of innocence to the officers, and suffered them to conduct her with du Plessis to the house of the Podestat. Both of them flattered themselves with the belief that when he should come to hear their story, they would be immediately discharged but he happened to be one of those who are over wary in the execution of their office and he only told them that what they said might be true but he was not to take things on the bare word of the parties themselves and that therefore they must be confined till either the person who claimed the woman for his wife should bring proofs she was so or she should be able to make out he had no right over her that is easy for me to do said louisa i am only concerned that this gentleman meaning du plessis should be detained on an account he has no manner of interest in the podestat answered it was unavoidable because as the person who said he was her husband had accused her of an elopement there was all the reason in the world to suppose that if it were so it was in favour of this gentleman by the rage he was informed he had testified at finding him in padua louisa only gave a scornful smile denoting how much she disdained a crime of the nature she was suspected of and followed one of the officers who conducted her to the place appointed for her confinement monsieur du plessis was touched to the soul at the indignity he thought offered to this sovereign of his affections but he restrained himself when he considered that it had the sanction of the law which in all nations must be submitted to and he only told the podestat that the virtue of that lady would soon be cleared to the confusion of those who had presumed to traduce it as 
after they were under confinement they had no opportunity of advising each other what to do monsieur de plessis uneasy at the injustice done him wrote immediately to the prince of conti in these terms to his royal highness the prince of conti it is with extremest reluctance i give your royal highness this trouble or find myself obliged to accuse the count de bellefleur of an action so dishonourable to our nation but as i am here under confinement for preventing him from committing a rape on a young english lady who failing to seduce at venice he followed hither and under the pretence of being her husband gained the people of the house on his side and had infallibly compassed his intent had it not been for my seasonable interposition am too well convinced of the justice i presume to implore to doubt if your highness will oblige him to clear up the affair to the podestat on which she will be at liberty to prosecute her journey and i to throw myself with the utmost gratitude and submission at your feet who have the honour to be your royal highness's most devoted duplessis padua louisa who was ignorant what her lover had done and knew no other way than by writing to melanthe to extricate herself from this trouble sent a letter to her the contents whereof were as follows madam on what imagined cause whatever you were pleased to banish me i am certain you have too much goodness to suffer any one much less a person you have once honoured with your friendship to remain in prison for a crime it is impossible for me to be guilty of i am sorry i must accuse a person so dear to you but it is madam no other than the unworthy count de bellefleur who followed me hither came into the inn where i was lodged into the very chamber and oh i tremble while i relate it had proceeded yet farther and i had been inevitably lost had not heaven sent me a deliverer in the unexpected arrival of monsieur de plessis who is also a prisoner as well as myself for the timely rescue he gave me you will wonder doubtless by what law either i should be confined for endeavouring to defend my chastity or he for generously assisting me but the detested artful count had pretended himself my husband and under the sanction of that name it was that he met no opposition to his wicked will from the people of the house and rendered them regardless of my shrieks and cries the magistrates are yet dubious of the truth and till it can be proved what i really am both myself and m de plessis must continue where we are have pity on me therefore i conjure you madam and write to the podestat i have already told him i had the honour to belong to you a line from you will confirm it and once more set at liberty a maid who will ever remember all your favours with the greatest gratitude and your withdrawing them as the worst misfortune could have befallen madam from the prison at padua your most faithful and most humble servant louisa these letters were sent away by special messengers who had orders to be as expeditious as possible in the delivery of them but while these accidents happened at padua melanthe was not without her share of inquietudes at venice she had not seen her beloved count in two whole days and though she sent several times to his lodgings could hear nothing but that he was not yet come home as her vanity would not suffer her to think herself neglected without having received some glaring proofs of it she feared some misfortune had befallen him and exposed herself not a little in the inquiries she made after him 
among all those who she could imagine were able to inform her anything concerning him at length some person who happened to see him take boat told her he was gone to padua which being the route she knew louisa had taken and she had also informed him a sudden thought darted into her head that he was gone in pursuit of her it now seemed not impossible but that all he had said concerning his dislike of her might be artifice and that the love of variety might prevail on him at last to comply with the advances he pretended she had made him the privacy with which he went none of his acquaintance knowing anything of his journey seemed to favour this opinion and never was a heart more racked with jealousy and suspense than that of this unhappy and too easily deceived lady she had sometimes an inclination to go to padua in person and endeavour to find out what business had carried him thither and her impatience had doubtless got the better of her prudence in this particular if sending once more to his lodgings she had not heard he was returned on this she expected to see him in the evening and flattered herself with his being able to make some reasonable excuse for his absence but finding he came not she was all distraction and sent a billet to him the next morning requiring him to come to her immediately on the receipt of it but as he was at that time in too ill a humour to think of entertaining her sent her an answer by word of mouth that he was indisposed and would wait on her on his recovery this message seemed so cold and so unlike the passion he had hitherto professed for her that it threw her into almost convulsive agonies a masquerade was to be that night at the house of a person of quality she sent again to know if he intended to be there and if he did what habit he would wear it being customary with them ever since their amour to acquaint each other with their dresses that they might not mistake by addressing to wrong persons his reply was that he would go if health permitted but as to what he should wear he had not as yet thought of it what if he had not thought of it cried she haughtily when she heard these words the knowledge that i shall be there ought now to make him think of it pride love and the astonishment at this sudden change in his behaviour rendered her wholly forgetful of what she owed her sex and rank and she was just going to his lodgings in order to upbraid him with his indifference and prove what it was she now had to depend on from him when the messenger from louisa arrived and delivered her the letter which contained a sad eclaircissement of all she wanted to be informed of at first reading it she seemed like one transfixed with a sudden clap of thunder she had indeed been jealous suspicious fearful of her fate but so glaring so impudent a treachery had never entered her head that any man could be guilty of much less one whom her fond passion had figured to her imagination as possessed of all the virtues of his sex it seemed too monstrous to be true and she had accused the innocent louisa as the inventor of this falsehood merely in revenge for her late treatment had there been the least shadow of a pretence for doing so gladly would she have encouraged such a hope but common sense forbid it all circumstances seemed to concur in proving that he was indeed that villain which the letter represented him and that surprise which had in a manner stupefied her on the discovery was succeeded by a storm 
of mingled grief and rage which no words can sufficiently describe she exclaimed against fate cursed all mankind and accused everything as accessory to her misfortune but that to which alone she owed it her own imprudence the disorders of her mind had such an effect on her body that she fell into fits and a physician was sent for who though esteemed the most skilful in that country found it required all his art to prevent a fever she continued however for five days in a condition such as permitted her not to do anything either for the satisfaction of her own impatient curiosity or to comply with a just request louisa had made and had not monsieur de plessis's letter to the prince been more successful they must both have continued where they were perhaps for a considerable time that however had all the effect could be expected from a prince of so much honour he immediately sent for the count de bellefleur and easily finding by the confusion with which he replied to his examination and the little low evasions he was obliged to have recourse to that the affair was as monsieur de plessis had represented gave him a severe check and ordered him to depart immediately from venice where he told him he had given such occasion to call the honour of the french nation in general in question and to repair with all expedition to his winter quarters which command he instantly obeyed without taking any leave of melanthe or perhaps even thinking of her at the same time the prince dispatched his gentleman of horse to padua with necessary instructions for clearing up the affair on which the prisoners were discharged and their pardon asked by the podestat for doing what he said the duties of his post had alone obliged him to though it is certain he had exercised this authority with greater strictness than the necessity of the thing required since if the count had been in reality the husband of louisa it would have been more easy for him to bring proofs of it than for those under confinement to invalidate his claim after the proper compliments to the gentleman who had taken this trouble m de plessis entreated he would excuse him to the prince that he retarded the thanks he had to pay his royal highness till his return from conducting louisa some part of her journey which being a piece of gallantry the lady herself seemed well pleased with was easily complied with by the other this faithful lover had now a full opportunity to entertain his mistress with his passion and represented it to her with so much force and eloquence together with the dangers she would continually be exposed to that she had at length no words to form denials and gave him leave to conduct her to some monastery in italy the choice of which she left to him till the campaign was over this was indeed all he presumed to request of her at present it may happen said he that your lover may fall victim to the fate of war among many other more brave and worthy men who doubtless will not survive the next battle and you will then be at liberty to pursue your inclinations either to england or elsewhere and be assured of this that i shall take care before the hour of danger to leave you a mistress of a fortune sufficient to protect you from any future insults of the nature you received from melanthe the tender soul of louisa was so much dissolved at these words that she burst into a flood of tears and cried out oh too generous du plessis think not i will survive the cruel hour which informs me all that is valuable in man has ceased to be take oh take no care for me 
when you are no more nothing this world affords can enable me to drag on a wretched life what must be the transport of a man who loved like him to hear a mouth accustomed to the greatest reserve utter exclamations so soft so engaging so convincing to him that he was no less dear to her than he could even wish to be he threw himself at her feet and even thought that posture not humble enough to testify as it deserved his gratitude and joy but she not suffering him to continue it he took the hand that raised him kissed off the tears which had fallen from her eyes upon it with speechless ecstasies and seemed almost beside himself at the concern she could not yet overcome on the bare imagination of losing him in the way he mentioned if you love me said she tenderly you will endeavour to preserve yourself i have now put myself under your protection by consenting to do as you would have me and have no other from whom i would receive those favours i expect from you think not therefore that i will perform my promise unless you give me yours not to be so covetous of fame as to court dangers nor in too eager a pursuit of glory to lose the remembrance of what you owe to love oh thou divinest softness cried he be assured i will put nothing to the venture that might take me from louisa your kindness my angel has showed me the value of life and almost made a coward of your lover no farther will i go than the duties of my post oblige me and that honour which to forfeit would render me unworthy of your care louisa now found herself so much at ease in having discovered a secret she had so long laboured with and suffered an infinity of pain on the concealing of that nothing could be more cheerful than her looks and behaviour he on the other hand was all rapture yet it did not make him in the least forgetful of the rules he had prescribed himself or give her modesty any room to repent the confession she had made in favour of his passion the conversation between them was all made up of innocence and love and every hour that passed together rendered them still dearer to each other monsieur de plessis having thus gained the point his soul was set on began to consider in what part of italy it would be best to place his dear louisa as bologna was a free country under the jurisdiction of the pope he thought she would there be least subject to alarms on account of the army's continual marches and countermarches through most other parts of italy he therefore got a post-chaise and by easy journeys conducted her thither and having made an agreement with the lady abbess of the augustines she was welcomed into the convent by the holy sisterhood with all imaginable good-nature and politeness it would be endless to recite the farewells of these equally sincere and passionate lovers so i shall only say that never any parting was more truly touching and the grief which both of them endured was only alleviated by the confidence they had in each other's affection and the mutual promises of communicating the assurances of persevering in it by letters as often as opportunity would permit melanthe being recovered of the indisposition of her body though not of her mind was informed of every particular of her perfidious lover's conduct as he had quitted venice before she did her chamber was obliged to bear the load of discontent her too easy belief had brought upon her 
without even the poor ease of venting it in reproaches on him the carnival soon after ending and finding that change of place was no defence from misfortunes of the kind she had sustained without she could also change her way of thinking took the first convenience that offered and returned to england rather in worse humour than she had left it End of chapter 16